Welcome to the Let's Talk Money and More podcast with me, Leslie Thomas. The aim of the podcast is to get us all talking about money more. Talking about money is still considered to be a taboo. We don't talk about money enough. Women don't talk about money enough. And that needs to stop. In this podcast, my guests and I talk about money, mindset, and how to turn around limiting beliefs, allowing you to develop a healthy, wealthy money mindset. Our relationship with money doesn't just affect our finances, but impacts every aspect of our business. And most of all, our own sense of self-value and self-worth. By mastering your mindset, you can in turn master the money you make in your business. Welcome to the latest episode of the Let's Talk Money and More podcast with me, Leslie Thomas. Today is a guest episode, and I'm really excited to share today's guest with you. Chris Dames is a chartered financial planner and one of the directors of Cervello Financial Planning. He is responsible for the strategic direction of the business as well as continuing to look after his portfolio. He is also a fellow of the Personal Financial Society. Fellowship is the highest and most prestigious level of professional achievement possible to achieve within the PFS. Chris specialises in working in conjunction with professionals, including accountants and solicitors, to help their clients with both their business and individual financial goals. Welcome to the podcast, Chris. It's absolutely fantastic to have you on. It's an absolute pleasure, Leslie. Thanks for inviting me. So I think you know what's going to happen. I'm going to ask you the same question I ask all my guests. What's your money story? That's a great question. And 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 I've become a bit of a fan of your podcast. So I knew it was coming. And I'm um I I I've I've been thinking about it quite a lot because of this. So my money story is I come from a family, that, um, a working class family with not very little. I mean, we lived a really happy childhood, but one that wasn't particularly secure when it come, came to my, my money. And I, when I think about sort of my relationship with money, a lot of the lessons that I probably got from my mum, and my mum was an amazing person, by the way, one of the most community-minded kind compassionate individuals uh, I've ever known and a really positive influence on my life but interestingly didn't have a particularly uh, sensible relationship with money Um, so when I think about my money story I think about uh, what the conversations were when I was a kid at home and uh, there wasn't but what there was is quite a lot of arguments Um, and as I as I sort of grew up, went through school, um, started my career, uh, fell into financial planning, financial services. Um, What I really quickly realised is the importance of having healthy money conversations with my family and my my kids. But yeah, I got got super lucky. So I, I think my money story changed when I started work. Um, And one of the stories that I always share was the first time somebody said to me about saving money properly as a as, as work so I was seven uh, no actually I was 19 
left college, decided not to go to university and got a job at my the local branch of my Woolwich uh, building society. Um, that was my first ever proper role. No, I had a year in recruitment that I was rubbish at. So recruit, I decided that recruitment wasn't for me and um, uh, got my... Um, but got my sort of break into financial planning and financial services by working for the Woolwich. And I remember at the end of the first month getting my pay slip and um, they'd taken £80 for my pension, right? And I'm going back, so I'm 45 now, I'm going back 25 years. Um, and I went to the branch manager and went, look, you know, I'm 19, you know, £80 is like back in the day, three nights in the pub a month. What like what are priorities? You? I know, I know. I was, I was getting my priorities straight. And interestingly, and I think I learned a lot. I mean, certainly early part of my career, I learned a lot about how to communicate. You know, that that working in that sort of consumer retail banking environment was amazing in terms of giving you the experience of building relationships and, and talking to people. Um uh, uh so she didn't say no. She didn't say no, I'm you're not doing that. She said, um, come and speak to the financial advisor, who was a lady called June, who was there three days a week. And I said, OK, I'll go and speak to June. Went into June's office and said to June, right, I'm cancelling this. She was the one who said, you're not. Um, and I said, I said, why not? It's just, Surely I've got a choice. She went, you have got a choice, Chris, but um, I'm telling you, you're not doing it. And you're going to thank me in 20 years' time. And that was the, ri- and, and again, the value of that, decision now is actually worth a significant amount of money and what i sort of realized is the importance of of delayed gratification when it comes to making financial decisions you know not focusing on the sort of night out in the pub but but what might happen in the future um but also the importance of where you don't learn this stuff at school just the importance of learning these lessons through life to get into a position where um, you've got the freedom then to spend the most important commodity of your life in the way that you want to. So yeah. for me, that's not money, that's time. Um, and for me, some of the decisions I've made throughout my working career and through running a business and, and, and building a business has allowed me freedom of time because that, to me, is what freedom of money gives you. It gives yeah. you the ability to spend the time the way you want it. Yeah, totally agree with you. I think, you know, I think freedom of time, freedom of choice is is really for me as well, you know, what it's all about, being able to take time off when you want to, not having to ask, you know, the boss, not having to work out with other people. Well, if I take that week, um, you know, you're going to take that week, etc. I think not to have to do that is a real gift to ourselves. But when we are 19, our retirement, our future seems so far away yeah. that it's very, very difficult for us to give that the serious care and attention that it needs. Yeah. And I, I think the other thing for me as well is, um, uh, funny enough, my daughter, Charlotte, who's 19 now, she's at university. So she's taken a different route to, to, to me in terms of success in her life. I was having the conversation about um, the benefits, the advantages and disadvantages of university and how you can take all different routes um, to, to, to success. But, you know, 
we were also talking about what success means and we both agreed and she's she's quite sharp is charlotte i am a bit of a proud dad so apologies for that that will come no apologies needed um uh we were talking about how you measure success in life and actually it's balance and we both agreed that money was a hygiene factor if you've got enough money you can do what you want yeah but the the actual success in life is the relationships you build with the people you love and like um and getting the balance right um is something we try to talk both in our family but also to my clients about um uh, to make sure that we're not solely focused on the money but we focus on money as a tool to live the life you want yeah absolutely and i think that is it i think for for so many people, if they realise that money was just simply a tool, a tool yeah. that enabled you to do what you wanted to, but by having the the forethought to create a budget, to think about saving, to think about the practicalities around goal setting and actually what do we want to get from our lives? And I think when we take that time to not see goal setting as something that's boring, but actually see it as something that is empowering, we're empowering our future. We're making decisions that are going to that are going to reflect and suit our aspirations. Then that gets really, really exciting. Yeah, agreed. And and here's here's the big thing about plans and goals, right? Here's the big thing about plans yeah. and goals. It's really underestimated in my in my personal and professional opinion. Yeah, I think so. They will change and they will go wrong. You know, that's the reality of it. But like, I mean, there, there's a bunch of really amazing quotes about goals and plans setting. I think the most um, pertinent one was one by, I want to say Eisenhower, but I might have got, I might have attributed this quote wrong, talking about the fact that um, plans are rubbish because when you get into battle, you, they're, they're going to go wrong. But planning is essential because it gives you the clarity to know what you want to achieve aim for it and if if actually you need to change the plan while you're there because things get in the way that's fine you know but you're getting closer to that aspiration you'd like to achieve and i think that is it isn't it do do you know can you remember because i'm I'm not sure if if i if i can but can you remember at what point you actually thought to yourself you know going past that 19 year old going what do I want to be saving into a pension for? I'm only 19. There's better things to be spending my money on. Can you remember at what point you stopped being reluctant about planning for your future and actually got proactive about it? Oh, what a great question. Um, so there's a really good book. I, I am a I am a um I'm a bit of a fan, actually of being really lazy when it comes to finances and and this is this is going to sound counterintuitive but i'll I'll really explain i want to explain why one of my favorite money books and as you know i always mention books when we talk because i just love to read is one called the automatic millionaire and it's one that i'd recommend that actually regardless where where you are in life you read because it talks about psychology and the connection between psychology and money and how um actually if we can make those um we can make those moves towards financial independence 
less labour intensive, we're more likely to achieve it. So an example might be um, if you're employed, as soon as your salary comes out, set that standing order for your savings the day after your salary gets paid. Because if it, if you do it at the end of the month and look at how much you've spent at the end of the month, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. So I was I was really lucky that for and again employment for me I've run, I've run a business for twelve years sort of consider myself a bit unemployable at this point because I love having the autonomy that running a business gives yeah. you. But one of the advantages of um, employment was that I didn't have a choice because my pension just came out with my uh, with my income. Um, then started a business at thirty three. Uh, and probably for the for the first um, three years, didn't save proactively because I was in a position where I was trying to get the the, the business up and running and yeah. providing me with a consistent income for my life. And then I remember sitting down with my dad, um, who um, who spoke to me about a. Um, so I'm from East London originally. I, I live sort of on the East London Essex borders now. Um, but I'm from East London originally. I remember my dad said to me about um, his motivation for um, saving, because actually, even though my mum wasn't great money, my dad was. And he said to me, when he was in his early 20s, he, remember go- he remembers going to the pub and a guy sitting there with the same pipe for about five hours. Um, and the- my dad went over and offered to buy him a drink and stuff like that. And he was like literally counting his pennies to buy his next pint. And I think for me, what that story tells is, yes, money won't make you happy, but I don't want to have to worry about making what seemingly are small decisions. And and sort of, I think what you need sometimes is a mirror to look at your future generations. Yeah. And if you see somebody who's 20 and 30 years older than you, doing the things right or doing the things wrong it allows you then that input into into what you might have to change so where i'm incredibly lucky is i'm now in a position of trust um for a lot of people who have done it right yeah um a lot of people have saved diligently and and been proactive a lot of people are still on that journey um and what i've been able to do is learn all of the lessons from all of my clients good bad or indifferent to make sure that my financial plan's on track and i think that's probably what i've done yeah what has been the best lesson that your clients have taught you such a good question um <laughs> there's a few yeah I'm, I'm conscious that i'm as i'm thinking this isn't great for a podcast because it shouldn't be silent but i, I, I want to make sure this is as insightful as possible so there's, there's been a few Number one is, um, uh, again, being intentional with it sort of stuff. So make sure that if you've not been lucky enough to, to accidentally build wealth through work, that you take ownership and take action and, and, and make sure that's moving forward. The big one for me is start with the end in mind. Build the life that you want to achieve um, and um, make sure that you've got a plan in place so that you could you've got something to aim towards um but also don't underestimate the fact that um uh, when you've got enough you might what 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 having enough gives you isn't the ability to stop doing what you love right so if you're doing something you love give you a perfect example 
And a client a few, few weeks ago um, came to me and said, Chris, um, actually, actually, the story goes back a couple of years. Chris, I want to work out whether I've got enough because I'm not enjoying work. Um, I said, okay, let's build your plan. Worked out that it never run out of money again. Um, and he could look after his son who, who he wanted to help. Um, and then he came back to me and said, right, I've given up my job. I'm now in a position where um, I I don't know what to do with my life. Um, and actually, I think the biggest lesson that I'm thinking about most at the minute is the that work can be good for us. Yeah, um, I agree. That, that concept of retirement should be should be taken away, and we should frame money as the opportunity to give us time to do what we love. And if that is adding value in people's lives through work, maybe you just carry on. Yeah. Um, so I think I think a lot of people don't buy into the concept of retirement anymore, and rightfully so. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and having a bit more of a nuanced, balanced approach to our life cycles is probably one that I'm thinking about quite a lot at the minute. No, I agree with you. And you know, there's there's so many. I think what's what I'm looking looking for. What is the word is not constraint. Constructs. There's so many constructions in 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 our lives that are having to be created artificially. So the fact we have to take formal exercise, for example, you know, centuries ago, you know, cavemen going back thousands of years. They didn't have to think about, you know, going to the gym or having an exercise routine because just staying alive on a day to day basis involved running away from, you know, vicious creatures, etc. Retirement, you know, thinking about, okay, how do you keep an active brain, do Sudoku, crosswords, etc. I think we all have a different approach today to what our lives can look like. And I know for me, the thought of hitting a particular age and saying, I don't want to work anymore, that actually feels very, very constraining rather than very freeing. Now, I know for some people who are employed and do very physical jobs or jobs that involve, you know, long hours, et cetera, et cetera, then absolutely I can understand them wanting to change what they are doing. But I think to have a mindset that says, well, what I am doing, I am working towards a plan, and that plan involves me doing what I love rather than me stepping out of society to a certain extent, withdrawing from that day-to-day of meeting people, learning new things, engaging, being part of a community, etc. And I think you are right, we're moving away from that. And now for a short break. Are you ready to embark on a transformative journey that'll help you unleash your full potential and break free from limiting beliefs about money? Discover the power of consistent daily action for setting the foundation for your financial transformation. Introducing the 30-day Boost Your Money Confidence Experience, the start of your journey to mastering your relationship with money. Elevate your money confidence with daily emailed action prompts, each building on the previous day and emerge with transformed thoughts, feelings and actions around money. Click the link in the show notes for full details. 
Now back to the show. I mean, the interesting word you use there, and it's something we talk to every, every, everybody, including our clients, our colleagues, and everybody we, we speak to, is freedom. Yeah. You know, and f- for me, freedom, financial freedom, requires clarity. What does what does enough look like for you? Um, and if you're never going to run out, if if you if you had the freedom to stop because you're in a position where you wanted to, you chose to. How much do you need to make sure you'd never run out again? And often what we find is people achieve that goal and go, what bits of my life do I really like? What When I spend my time doing these things, like for me, I just love building relationships. You know, I really get a, a, a big thing out of building relationships. Um, so what, am I going to achieve financial independence and stop doing that? And thankfully, I'm in a job that allows me to build really good quality relationships. The answer is no. So when I, when I achieve financial independence, I'll just carry on doing the bits that I love. But what financial independence will give me is the opportunity to turn around and go, I'll pay somebody else a bit more to do the bits that I don't. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Or... um I'll tailor my job, and I know we've got the privilege of doing that more being business owners than employees. I'll tailor my job, or if you're employed and you achieve financial independence, I'll find a job that allows me to do the bits that I love, I'm really good at, um, and I add value to the world. It's a really good concept, and I recommend your listeners um, uh, uh, look it up. And I'm going to mispronounce it because I always do. I always pronounce it in a different way. Ikigi. So it's it's the Japanese. Uh, it, it's the way it's the way in Japan you define life's purpose, and it's about doing stuff you love, doing stuff you're good at, doing stuff you can get paid for, um, doing stuff that adds value to the world, um, and and just and just looking at your life through that framework as opposed to that old way of saying learn, earn, and then stop and die basically yeah. I, I, I just i just don't think that framework works particularly well anymore no i agree and i think what i love and you know some of my audience you know might might be a little bit surprised by you know by, by this next comment i don't know but what i love is much more is being spoken about today about financial freedom about financial independence and about it being possible for anybody with the right planning, as opposed to, you know, previously, financial independence was believed to be the domain of the very rich, and that you would inherit, 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 yeah, inherit a large amount of money that allowed you to not have to work. Whereas the conversation we're having, and I'm hearing it more frequently, is about that desire to actually be financially free. But of course, the route to get there is a very varied one. And also, the number you'd attach to that financial freedom will also vary from person to person as well. I'm 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 a poor boy from East London who's done all right. And if I can do it, anybody can. Yeah. Um, uh, I think it starts with mindset. 
I, th- I, th- I think it 100% starts with mindset and being curious about how you get there. Yeah. So I think the biggest lesson that I've learned over the years about my own mindset and and, and a 100% still a work in progress, you know, like still learning, still developing, um, is question how, not question possibility. So if I want to set myself a goal, well, how do I get there? And what are the bite-sized bits? And that might be I need to earn more. So how do I earn more and 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 do that? It might be how do I save better? It might be how do I um uh, make sure that I'm being as tax efficient as possible. You know, there's going to be a thousand different component parts, but it starts with saying I can do it because other people have done it. Um, how and how's what's my route to to get in there? Um, again, I've been incredibly lucky because I get to work with clients who um, who have taken all sorts of circuitous paths to their own financial independence, and they're all different um all in different sectors some business owners some employed um but their roots are unique um but they're relatively ordinary people leslie do you know what i mean it's not it's not reserved for for anybody who's who's uniquely special you know anybody including me who have achieved financial independence have just had the mindset had a plan made mistakes along the way but we'll eventually get there. Yeah. Um, and recognizing it's a journey. You know, it's a journey that the destination is in your hands. It's the route to get there is what is up to you. But you need to get in that vehicle of choice to begin with in order to start that journey. Yeah. And and, and it's, uh, and it's you know, it, it's an interesting one. I had a conversation with a client this morning and um, he's, the 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 vehicles that he's using to get there are varied so for me i'm you know if a client needs our help we'll build the strategy but if he's got a rental property that's going to generate him a decent amount of income to get to financial independence great if he if he's going to invest in pensions or a, a tax efficient vehicle like that great um you know getting there is is about using the right vehicles and using the most tax efficient vehicles as 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 a first part but actually that tends to be varied as well for most people it's normally different sources of income that that, that do it yeah they say don't they that the uh, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago the second best time is today yeah so yeah. anybody that's listening into the podcast now that is gulping going oh my god you know i was that 17 year old but actually i'm still that 17 year old going no i don't need to start my pension i don't need to plan for my financial future what would you say to them uh you're not alone is is part one and i'm i'm 45 and still feel 17 even though my body tells me differently to be perfectly frank so uh, i i I, i've got a bit of an injury at the minute i I like to keep fit but i have got a bit of an injury at the minute and um uh called plantar fasciitis is an injury i've got it as well yeah Yeah. i've got it yeah and and I know what's I know what's done it. It's because I still think I can tuck jump like I was seventeen. That I mean, a forty-five year old man tuck jumping shouldn't be allowed, really. But but yeah, it's just one of those things. But so I, I think you know, 
actually keeping a curious, youthful perspective on life can be good for you in a lot of ways. Um, and I'd, I'd never decry somebody to, uh, to speak to my dad about this. He's 76 now. And he said, I still feel like I'm 23. But the 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 the, the important things of keeping youthful curiosity in anything in life is quite important, I think. But when it comes to building your own financial plan, um, work like any plan, start with the end in mind um, and take small acorn-like bites, like sort of chunks out of that plan as, as time goes on. And particularly if you're running a business and you're a, uh, a decent earner, um, look at the impact of tax is, is, is the big one. Um, I'm, I'm a... I, I'm an advocate of paying tax. Um, I think paying tax means that we get to live in a, a decent uh, Western democratic society. What I'm not a fan of is um, paying tax unnecessarily in lieu of your own financial independence. Um, and particularly for business owners, corporation tax has recently gone up, dividend tax has recently gone up. Uh, I had a client last week who was paying over 60% in tax when actually making a pension contribution would have saved him 60%. Is 60% up immediately. Yeah. Now, if you can think about that as a guaranteed 60% win, some of those conversations about why you should do it feel like no-brainers. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why, you know, I'm – always so keen to open up the conversation about money to get people talking about money because very often it is ignorance that leads to either making a wrong decision or making no decision which still has an impact because tax etc will be taken from you regardless of what decision you make so equip yourself with that knowledge yeah, and, and I, suppose, I suppose the big thing is not making a choice is a choice. Yeah. Right? yeah. Not making a choice is still a choice. You're choosing not to participate. Yeah. Um, but actually, as you said, being proactive and getting on the front foot about this sort of stuff is it, it is the way where to start. And and that starting point is, you know, just designing your life. You yeah. know, like sort of what, what life would you want to live and if it's the same as it is now great um but for most people there's a gap between where they are now and where they want to be and sometimes that's easier if you know you've got the money to make those decisions yeah absolutely and i think that's the thing some people can and it's, it's mindset absolutely some people can be can feel embarrassed if they don't know the answer to something and therefore not go and have the conversation with the person that could unlock the knowledge for them you but the truth is tax is complicated money can be complicated so go and ask an expert oh, well, I, I suppose the other the other big thing is um uh i, th I think what i've realized running my business is that i don't need to be the expert on everything um and um be i mean we were talking about being emotionally open before we start recording this podcast and the fact that i cry at every pixar film including up um but the, I suppose the big thing for me, one of the things that I've been more comfortable with, probably as I've got a bit older, is vulnerability. 
um and actually being happy to say um i don't know but i know somebody who can give me that help when i'm working with the clients if there's an area of of uh, let's say law i'm not a i'm 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 not an expert in i don't know but i know who can yeah. and it's it's about being comfortable with saying i don't know with, uh, particularly when it comes to money you know if if my mum and dad had more open honest conversations and they both turned around and said actually we're not in control and we need to do something about it we probably would have but then you know pride gets in the way and um and 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 fear gets in the way um uh, and we just we're not vulnerable enough sometimes to to have that conversation about money what i'm trying to do with I mean, Kazzy and I have got a really open conversation because she she runs the business with me, um, and that has an impact on on our own personal financial situation. But I'm trying to teach the kids as well. I'm trying to have really good, open, honest conversations with the kids yeah. to say let's not treat money as a stigma. Let's make sure that we are right, rightly or wrongly, you'll make mistakes, you'll learn a lot across the way. You know, that's make sure that, that that we we at the very least have a conversation. Absolutely. And I think as well, even when you think you know money, when it comes to having conversations with you know our children, you can realize, or I have realized anyway, that things come up for you that you didn't know that you felt. And I'll, I'll give you an example here. My my seventeen year old is not very good at at managing money. Essentially, it burns a hole in his pocket. My fourteen year old is very good at managing money and likes to save a bit and likes to spend a bit, etc. Um, with my seventeen year old, I can feel myself wanting to give him more money <laughs> to give him that you know that comfort that black that comfort blanket. And I think, Leslie you know that is not the right thing to do. But I know that I have got such a nurturing yeah. instinct that I want him to have that that additional comfort blanket. But as a parent, that's not a great lesson to teach your child. So it's it's interesting, isn't it, how these things can come up for you when you are trying to do the right thing for somebody else, but actually it's not the right thing at all. Yeah, I, I, you know what? We 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 we're going through the same challenge at the minute. Um, so Charlotte, who's nineteen, so Sophie who's eleven. Uh, we all went out to, to watch Sophie in a show. She likes musical theatre, so she was in the show yesterday. Went out for dinner afterwards, and um, we paid for Charlotte's dinner despite her having a decent amount of her own money. Um, and I was like, surely, surely now you're 19. When I was 19, I was getting my wallet out. Surely now you're not. But then, then Cassie said, I oh, will, we'll pay for her. And it, 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 I think that there's always that battle between that nurturer and that encourager. Yeah. You wanna, you, you, I think, I think the nurturer side of both Cassie and I, Leslie, wouldn't want Charlotte to go through the same pain to learn the lessons that we yeah. did. But you know what? Sometimes that pain's important. You know, sometimes it's like I I, I know that when June said to me, you know, uh, you're not like you're not coming out of the pension, and, and me being too scared to say no at that point. <laughs> yeah. Um uh 
was tough short term because I had to have less nights in the pub at 19. <laughs> However, I know that actually that was a, a lesson that required a, a little bit of emotional pain to learn. Does that yeah, make sense? It does. Yeah, that delay gratification, absolutely. Yeah. So how can people connect with you? So, um, yeah, I mean, you can have a look at our uh, our website. I should have mentioned, actually, that I'm a chartered financial planner and I run my own financial planning business. I don't know if that's come up. Don't worry. But, I, um, men- I mentioned it in the bio. So people oh, know you all about okay. you from the beginning. Do not worry. Fab. Okay. So um, you can find us at www.cervello, C-E-R-V-E-L-L-O, fp for financialplanning.co.uk you can find all about the work we do hear from our clients and um and hear about how we help people on the website um but i'm on linkedin um i'm i'm conscious increasingly of my time so i don't do any social media apart from linkedin anymore i'm on twitter but i don't do much on there but connect with me on linkedin and um, I'm I'm always up for interesting conversation. So if you've got some knowledge to share, or you'd like to talk about something we've talked about on the podcast, connect and um, and I have to start a dialogue. Brilliant. And all those details will be in the show notes, so people can easily connect with you. Thank you for your time today. As always, I've loved the conversation, and I encourage anybody who wants to connect with you to do just that. Thank Bye. you, Chris. Thanks, Lizzie. Take care. Thanks very much for listening to the latest episode of the Let's Talk Money and More podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to better understand your relationship with money, then please head to the resources section on my website, the Money Confidence Academy, and download my monthly money mindset audit. This will allow you to create a benchmark for where your relationship with money is right now and allow you to continue to measure it on a monthly basis as you do the inner work to improve it. You will also find a copy of my Money Archetypes Assessment at the same time, which will allow you to start to really understand which are your three primary money archetypes driving your relationship with money and how to use this information to make, spend, keep and invest more money. Or if you are a female online business owner, why not join my free Money Confidence community over on Facebook? A link to the group and other ways to connect with me can be found in the show notes. Finally, if you have enjoyed listening to the podcast, please do tell others about it. And I would love it if you rated it and gave a review.